0: the Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific, Michael Roy Hawkins. Coming up in this Fiji election special.
1: Well, at the moment, it's the Delpa, the other kingmakers, and they are sitting in a position where they hold a lot of power.
0: Amid a contentious national election, the political future of Fiji is in the hands of the smallest party to emerge from the 2022 election. We break down what lies in store for the country over the next four years. For this election special of Pacific Waves for Fiji, we're staring at a Christmas week where the current kingmaker, the Social Democratic Liberal Party, or SUDELPA, is yet to make a decision on who it will pick to form a coalition government with. Party leader Vilyami Ngavoka said proposals have been made by both sides, incumbent Fiji first and the People's Alliance National Federation Party bloc. After almost four hours of politicking on Monday, Novoka emerged from a meeting to declare no deal had been made. He said Sudelta negotiators would be going back to the potential coalition partners before another party meeting on Wednesday this week. University of Canterbury Macmillan Brown Centre for Pacific Studies Director, Professor Stephen Ratuva, a Fijian academic, has labelled this a knife-edge election where Fiji has seen a shift in power. I spoke with Dr Ratuva about what the various coalition outcomes might mean for Fijian people over the next four years.
1: Well, at the moment, there's Soudalpa, the other kingmakers, and they are sitting in a position where they hold a lot of power. And people know it, and they know it as well. And they're playing the uh, kiss-my-toes politics, where, you know, giving that space for both parties, for both groups to come forward with their proposals. Uh, and uh, the two directions are, will be quite different in terms of uh, the kinds of policies which uh, they will have. Let's take the Fiji First direction first. So if Sudelpa goes with the Fiji First, um, Sodelpa is, is a minority party. There will be three of them. Uh, Fiji First will be desperate to try and uh, give them what they want, uh, even Deputy Prime Minister's position and some uh, even speculating Prime Minister's position. But whether that will happen uh, or not is another question because uh, I doubt if Mbani Morama would easily relinquish that position, which has been holding for a for long time. Uh, so in terms of uh, the policies, that pulls apart in terms of their policies on uh, on the tokay, for instance, because ADELPA has a very strong ethno-nationalist focus uh, as a pro party. And uh, so when it comes to issues like scholarship and the Great Council of Chiefs, they'll probably demand that the Great Council of Chiefs be uh, reinstated. Uh, and uh, they've been talking about forgiving the scholarship debt, uh, which is different from... Uh, the Fiji First has been what economists might call they have a, a neoliberal orientation towards development and towards uh, economic policies. It's very much uh, money-driven. Anything to squeeze money out of uh, you know institutions and people through taxation and other means, through scholarships, as a way of funding a lot of their projects. So in terms of positions, they're quite different. One is very market-oriented. The other one is very... Uh, uh, Fijian affirmative action oriented. So uh, they'll have to make uh, very, very uh, strategic compromises there uh, because for the Fiji first, they would need to give up as much as they can to shift towards the Sodelpa position in order for Sodelpa to be comfortable.
0: Now, we'll come to the politics in a bit, uh, but uh, just just hypothetically, NFP, PAP, Sodelpa, what what is looking that looking like in terms of the policies?
1: It's much easier because the PAP and the Sodelpa were once the same party. Originally, they have the same uh, ethno-nationalist approach, uh, the okay oriented approach, uh, which means that uh, the compromises would be minimal in terms of uh, uh, how they can find areas of commonalities. So if you look at the, uh, a lot of their policies, are very similar. And uh, the policies of the Sodelpa and the policies of uh, FAP were actually targeted to counter... The Fiji First, uh, both of them. So there's a lot of parallels in there. So in terms of uh, making things workable between the two of them it would be much, much easier than between the Fiji First and the Sodelpa.
0: And what, what about what we'll NFP? Pro- yeah,
1: and the NFP will go together. The NFP, I think the NFP provides that multi-ethnic flavour to the coalition and that will give it a more nationally represented political alliance, which will be good for the country in terms of... Um, uh, maintaining the sense of diversity across the political spectrum, uh, and that will be no problem whatsoever because the uh, PAP and the NFP have already signed a co- uh, an agreement anyway. Mm. So they're going to go together no matter what happens. There's a so, third. Uh,
0: there's a third option here that that um, of course politically is everyone is a given that will never happen. But equally, PAP Fiji first, NFP Fiji first, mathematically speaking, could form coalition. Um maybe maybe we should start going to address the political side now. Um so is that even a possibility? Could that could that pre-election alliance break up to form government?
1: See the, yeah, there are a number of options here. People will be just looking at the two options. Uh Alpa one is Sodialpa Fiji first. Now there are other possible combination uh, combinations, rather. One would be NFP and Fiji First. Now that's unthinkable, of course. But in politics anything can happen. In New Zealand, you had the National Party and the Maori Party together at one point. Uh, Winston came in from the uh, uh, New Zealand First, together with Labour. They They're poles apart in terms of their ideology. They spend most of their political life rubbishing each other. And of course, the history of Fiji is littered with such cases where opposing politicians got together. Remember when Chaudhry, uh got in Rambuka as prime minister in 1992. So... Uh, Nothing is impossible in Fiji and in politics generally. So uh, that's the third one. And fourth is they all just join together with uh, Fiji First and the coalition and NFP together uh, and uh, have this grand coalition. Now, whether that's possible or not, uh, there are a number of issues there. One is um, some of those uh, differences are very deep and historically rooted uh, in ways which make probably make it impossible. Just across the uh, the barrier, and uh, secondly, um, some of those differences in uh, ideologies and policies will have to be sorted out, and it'll take time, and I don't think uh, uh, can be sorted out quickly. So uh, again, that's something which uh, um, thinking broadly, some of yes. the possibilities which are there yeah. on the table. Yeah,
0: yeah. Now the the Sodelpa PAP relationship. How much how mended is that relationship in terms of being a possible stumbling block to uh, PAP-Sodelpa-NFP coalition?
1: Yeah, the Sodelpa-PAP has to be seen at two levels. One is the policy manifesto ideology and political level. They're parallel. They're basically similar. At another level is the personality and power dynamics and vanure politics. And that's where the difficulty is. Uh, and that's where a lot of the deep resentments and grievances are. Uh, the differences within so Delp, Remember, in those days, was to do with the Venua politics coming in, to do with uh, the power struggle by individuals uh, in terms of blocks, uh, and then it led to the split up. So some of those are, are still there. So they have to address the issues of personality politics, the the uh, Venua politics, uh, and once you do that, then the path can be clear for them.
0: Now, one one half of politics obviously is power. The other half is money. And Fiji First, being the incumbent government, uh, incumbent ruling party, would have, I would imagine, considerably more resources to be making lobbying or making offers in that department. How, how, how much of a, of a factor do you think that plays in this?
1: Well, over the years, of course, Fiji First has been um, the uh, party with the money. They have, uh, you know, a few million dollars although maybe it's come down over the years, and the other parties were struggling. So uh, after the election, I'm not sure how much money is left. The political parties are probably uh, scraping the the, the bottom of the barrel at this point in time. See, the negotiation itself, I don't think money matters uh, at this point in time, unless there's enough to be given as uh, what some political scientists refer to as the mafia politics. Uh, You start bribing people. And it's happened in various parts of the world. I'm not saying that's going to, going to happen. I mean, there's already rumors. Uh, there was a question directed at uh, Ngavoka yesterday, uh, whether the three Sodela politicians have been paid a million dollars each by Fiji First. So those kinds of rumors are there. So uh, who has three million dollars to pay, and who can counter that uh, with uh, two million dollars each? Uh, that's a different discussion. And I think that's, that's something which happens in some countries uh, in the world. Uh, certainly hasn't happened in Fiji. I'm not sure whether there's any money for that purpose. And in terms of principle, in terms of ethics, uh, it's not the way to go because you corrupt the system already. Uh, we have gone a long way in trying to clean up our democracy. And once we start doing that, then it complicates things. Politics becomes cheap. Politics becomes unethical.
0: Mm, mm. Now... Um... The big question uh, that a lot of outside um, observers of Fiji politics will be wondering is if NFPP, AP Sodel perform government, will Fiji first, will Banimarama, Aesai, kayum accept a smooth transition of power?
1: They have no choice. Constitutionally, they created a constitution which facilitated that. Uh, and uh, perhaps under the assumption that uh, they'll be around for as long as they want politics do change and politicians must come to realisation that longevity in politics is limited. It happens everywhere. So yes, they'll have to accept it and uh, we'll move on.
0: Now, there are a few rollbacks that some of these opposition parties have been talking about in terms of the constitution, in terms of policies, uh, some that you've mentioned in those, those, those comparisons of policies. How big of an impact do you think that will take on the shape of Fijian life now in terms of if they start rolling back things that Fiji First has implemented and reinstating things that were uh, there in the past?
1: It's always a challenge for new government coming to power to start changing things uh, along the lines of their uh, policies. In some countries, uh, uh, the transition into the new structure can be uh, uh, easy, Uh, but when you have, in the case of Fiji, where you have... uh, extreme politics at play, you have violent overthrow and then a new constitution, and then uh, you marginalize a lot of people, and then you change of government, you want to change things. Uh, it's almost as if you're starting from uh, scratch every time you come into power. And uh, for this one, uh, and of course, the opposition parties have been, and, and, and a lot of people in the country have been talking about how can you reform some of those things which have been in place, like the media laws, for instance, and the, uh, some of those repressive uh, legislations which limit people's rights to start with uh, free association and freedom of speech and all those things. Uh, and then you have uh, things like health, which is a bad shape at the moment. Uh, we have one of the worst cases of primary health care in the world. Um, the amputation rate is the highest. Uh, that shows that it's really bad. And then you have the education systems, is really run down. I mean, the education sector. And what's uh, what I see is very worrying. And then you have the civil service, the control of the civil service, very short contracts, the insecurity and all those things, because they try to corporatize along the lines of Singapore. Uh, it's not working for a very poor country like Fiji. And then you have, uh, so the whole lot of things which people, which impact on people's livelihood and, and uh, well-being every day which needs to be addressed uh, pretty quickly. And that needs more, a lot of resources, uh, not only financial, but also intellectual and, and, and political resources. Bring people in who are experts in those areas to do those changes. Um, and, and although, I mean, it's not impossible. It's, uh, it's something which um, uh, can be done by pressing the right button, have the right policies in place, and then slowly transform. Not massive transformation within a short time. It can be messy, uh, as we've seen elsewhere. But uh, bit by bit, you're looking at the critical areas and then change them. Uh, look at the uh, low hanging fruit first. What can be changed easily, and they're difficult ones, which means uh, you know changing legislations. Uh, some of the legislation can be just tweaked slight, slightly. Uh, so there's a whole lot of things to do uh, in the context of transformation. Yeah. So it's going to be a big challenge for whoever comes in, because often government in power they want. To, to to reinvent the new structure and government system according to their image. Uh, so the new mm. government will come in and re-image the system according to their image. Mm. So that happens you know, in many countries yeah. in the world. And some would do minor image making while others might want to do basic transformational image yeah. making. Yeah. So those are the uh, the challenges.
0: Um now with the with the perks that Fiji first leaders, politicians have, one of the criticisms of the opposition parties is none of them have said clearly that they want to roll back any of these exorbitant um, perks that come with the positions in the current structure. Um, would, Would you see that kind of selfless leadership happening in terms of I don't know, maybe a, to take the per diems, for instance, how excessive they are at the moment, rolling back some of those things that they would inherit from Fiji First coming into this current structure.
1: Yeah, what they need to do is, uh, because during the election time, uh, people are looking for things they can use to get back uh, at those in power, in this case, Fiji First. So it's easy to pick this and that. When you come into power, uh, then things might change a bit uh, in terms of you are there. Then you realize that, oh, we need this uh, but to travel, you need, I think, some more, more expensive nowadays than before in terms of uh, uh, apart from the flights, the uh, hotels, and all those things. But then they have to uh, uh, do a cost benefit analysis of okay, uh, uh, how much really does it cost for a prime minister or minister to travel? Uh, we don't want a minister hanging around uh, the streets of New York without any money to eat. <laughs> uh, they look bad. Um, so, so they have to relook really at what is the best, you know, in terms of perks um, in relation to the economy, in in relation to what we can afford, uh, in relation to the budget and in relation to what is being done. What is being done in that particular trip? Uh, Because some trips are more useful than others. Uh, Some are just symbolic. Uh, Some are useful in terms of generating benefit for the country. Uh, Some are just expressions of participation uh, to be seen in the global arena. Um, so uh, they'll have to look at uh, the budget in the context of prioritizing what's important in terms of those trips, what is not. You don't take all the trips, uh, just the ones which are crucial in adding value to development in Fiji, adding value to enhancing our livelihood, our well-being, rather than taking trips, which will give you more status. Yeah. And mm. Yeah.
0: No. Now the 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 other side of Fiji Firsts is if you're inside the club, you benefit greatly. So on the corporate side, on the money side, on the business side, what would what would the the feelings be in the business community who have operated within the Fiji First structure and have grown and benefited from it, seeing a new government possibly taking shape? What 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 do you think would like con- confidence or even perceptions within the business community would be right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, in 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 any uh, uh, political system, you have what is known as the political patronage. We have business communities, the corporate sector, and others who become part of the circle of beneficiaries. Uh, and uh, so, uh, um, some are much bigger than others in terms of uh, uh, you know how it uh, how how deep it goes into the uh, business community, and some are just a chosen few within those. Um, certainly, a lot some people. Uh, have benefited from the connections with the Fiji First in terms of contracts, uh, in terms of um, you know other uh, business deals, and uh, and also membership of um, of boards. That's very very important because boards are very very important in terms of the corporate and also the political and the economic operation of the government of the state. So uh, uh, what needs to be done is to uh, uh, provide some basic principles which guide. Membership boards, for instance, the corporate boards, government corporate boards, and all those, uh, and even uh, um, the government uh, corporations, uh, the CEO, and all those. Principles of equity, of diversity, all around the world, in New Zealand here and other parts of the world, uh, what they've seen is that the more diverse in terms of culture, gender, professional um, skills, the more you uh, increase output and enhance uh, the uh, economic dynamism of those corporations. Uh, we don't have that in Fiji. It's very uh, uh, narrow in the way in which people are chosen to be board members. We have to uh, apply the principles of equity and diversity across the cultures, across the ethnicities, across the gender, and across the different professions rather than from a select group of, of corporate individuals. That has been part of the problem the, 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 uh, in terms of uh, the patronage, political patronage I was talking about. Um and that is something which has to be seen as well
0: um on the, the there's a lot of people are quoting figures like fifty seven point five percent of voters rejected fiji first and this kind of thing but the 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 reality is there's also a big swathe of the voter voters that voted for fiji first and also I think also worth questioning also the return of racial politics in the in the sense of being being addressed openly as compared to Fiji first very, very hardworking attempts to sort of make it all Fijians will, like, are the same kind of thing with uh, with coming back with uh, NFP, with so Delpa with uh, PAP, those those conversations, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, would be returning, right? Mm-hmm. Well,
1: yes, yeah, certainly, certainly there's anxiety all the time uh, in Fiji in terms of who comes in and who represents me because we're used to the the, uh, the politics of, uh, of communal democracy, not only for votes, but also of uh, loyalty mobilization where uh, you feel more comfortable uh, with uh, your particular ethnic group. Uh, and we're seeing that in the election results uh, where um, the Indo-Fijian community would go for the Fiji first from the West and all those, uh, because uh, it's quite natural for groups uh, uh, in my state of ethnicity, global ethnicity, uh, see that common everywhere. People feel more comfortable where collectively they feel that uh, the political space where they operate within uh, is something which can uh, provide them uh, with the kind of security which they're looking for. So uh, the anxiety of uh, the old uh, racial politics re-emerging, I don't think it would be as bad as before. Remember, before we had political parties, which are fundamentally um, ethnically framed, uh, and if you're Indo-Fijian, you go to the National Federation Party. If you are, you know, uh, indigenous Fijian, you go to, uh, you know, Lions and, and, and so forth. And so Delpa. Now there has been a bit of, uh, the National Federation Party is very multi-ethnic. Fiji Fiji as well. You look at them, the uh, the constitution of it. Uh, although Sodelpa uh, and PAP are still largely um, uh, okay mm, mm. uh, But I think the, uh, the ethnic, ten- the, the, the politics has kind of fused together in a very uh, complex way rather than a clear-cut ethnic
0: yes uh, yes contestation yeah the last thing yeah. i just want to fit in is the low voter turnout or mm-hmm. any any thoughts on why why this was so low
1: a number of reasons uh, see the voter turnout uh, well despite the uh, uh the uh, the calculation by the supervisor of election, that it was 52% in the early days. Uh, and he said he predicted that. But uh, as it turned out, it was like 68 point, what did I work out here? I have a graph I just worked out here. Uh, 60, 6829 Uh, And uh, the different parts of uh, Fiji in the Central Division, 65.6, Eastern Division, 69.98, is about 70%. Western Division is about 68.82, Northern Division about 73.88, and the Postal about 75.92, and total 68.29. So which means that uh, uh, it was relatively high, but not as high as the previous election, which was more than 72% and uh, in 2014 it was uh, in the 80s so it's kind of has come it keeps coming down there are a number of reasons for that one is the uh, the first election after, under the uh, 2013 constitution there was uh, this sense of novelty yes a new constitution everybody was excited let's go and vote and then uh, as you have a repetition of the same thing over and over again people begin to lose interest once you normalize once you once you routinize political um, uh, events like election, then it begins to lose something. You need something dramatic to make people come. That's one. Uh, and secondly, mm-hmm. the restrictions were such that a lot of people couldn't vote. A lot of us here overseas, a lot of people I know here, uh, because for women, they have to get the uh, their birth certificate, which is very, very, it's not easy to do that. Uh, and there are a lot of uh, people overseas whose uh, passports have expired. Uh, they try to ask for, uh citizenship uh, certificate uh, from Fiji they're still waiting nothing's happening so the sist- and uh, when they came to do the registration here uh not, not many people knew about it so uh, and and uh, so particularly for women I still have to work out the gender balance w- would be pr- probably lower than men because of that uh, and also it's a wrong time uh this is christmas time it's when people are supposed already in the villages some of them may have booked and it's not difficult to uh, rebook uh, and also, you cannot vote in another station. Unlike here in New Zealand and other countries, you can't do that. They're flexible enough. So the restrictions put into place actually... In fact, election rules are supposed to maximise participation, democratic participation, not to restrict it. In the case of Fiji, is on the extreme side. Uh, we have legislative electoral systems which restrict electoral participation rather than enhance them. Because also there's, a, there's a, an issue of trust. Because we went through a colonial system, where trust was uh, was minimal, uh, because the colonial powers didn't never trusted us, uh, never trusted the colonized, uh, the bunch of savages and blah, blah, blah. So that has been built into a governmental structure, even after independence. You walk into a bank, you look uh, black like us, and that's it, uh, you don't trust uh, those people. And within the government system, Uh, the electoral system and so forth they're structured in a way we haven't really decolonized a political system and even the way we frame a constitution uh, there's still a sense of distrust of the population and that comes out in the electoral legislation it's something we inherited from the colonial days it's still happening now so uh, there's a lot of things to do to unpack a lot of those colonial way of ruling which was used by Fiji First in terms of control And power, control and micromanaging, that was very much a colonial uh, thing which was happening in the early days. We still use it.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for your time. It is much appreciated.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: That's specific Waves for today. Remember, you can download us for free to your device from Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can also find us. Mode